welcome to the Fish Nerds Podcast, the show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, licensed fishing guide, uh, your host of the podcast, and the chief executive fish nerd. So I'm super happy to be here, happy to have uh, all you listeners. Um, the fact that you tune in every week really is a big deal to me. Uh, it's exciting to get feedback, and I'm so happy to be here tonight on the show, or today on the show. We've got a really kind of special treat. We've got Jonathan Oakes from Trivial Warfare. we got Rhett Hall from the Brain Trust Brothers Network. Uh, and I'm going to put them head-to-head on a Fish Nerds quiz trivia-style uh, pub trivia night. So that'll be fun. After that, we've got Fish Guy Josh and the amazing Doc Martin uh, <laughs> to finish up their story about carp and goldfish. You're going to learn more than you ever want to know about carp and goldfish. If you missed last week's episode, go back and listen to part one. Part two is coming up after the trivia game. And that would be it. That'll be the whole show tonight. So thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the show. And uh, we'll get right into it. All right. Hello, Fish Nerd Nation. Uh, tonight's your lucky night because it's trivia night with the Fish Nerds. I've been going on Wednesday nights usually to trivia night at the local pub. Uh, but online, a couple of years ago, I bumped into Jonathan from a, a podcast called Trivial Warfare. I've been following ever since. And then I put out a message on Facebook today that I was looking for someone to compete against Jonathan from Trivial Warfare. And I got Rhett Hall. Uh, and Rhett Hall does the, uh, is it the Brain Trust podcast? Yeah, the Brain Trust Brothers podcast. Brain Trust Brothers podcast. Uh, so I've got two podcasters on here, both really nerdy, uh, and we're going to do uh, some fish trivia. But first, we're going to let each one pitch their podcast to you in case you're looking for a new podcast. Um, and I know that fish nerds have multiple interests, so these are not fishing podcasts, but they are both total nerds. Jonathan, can you give us the elevator pitch for Trivial Warfare? Uh, I can do my best. So Trivial Warfare, you can find us at TrivialWarfare.com. We are a recreation of the pub quiz experience that you just mentioned. So if you've ever seen a restaurant or a bar where there's a trivia game with a host and multiple teams that are turning in answers, we've taken that experience of hanging out with your friends and picking on each other and trying to answer questions and turned it into a podcast. And uh, we've been going strong for 140 episodes now. We uh, won a podcast award this year, and uh, we absolutely love what we do. So if anybody's interested in finding a trivia game show, they can check us out. It's your award-winning podcast. Now, that, that same podcast award, I did not win because fishing uh, outdoor podcasts compete against uh, like trivia, uh, not trivia, um, imaginary sports podcasts. I don't know what the word oh, is. like. No. You have to go against like the fantasy football guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no! <laughs> so you can't. I don't know how to compete against those. I don't even understand what it is. Like pretend <laughs> football. I don't. Like, you want to talk about nerdy? Those guys, total nerds. Total um, but if, if, if when I'm on road trips, that's when I listen to Trivial Warfare. When I'm driving a long way and I want to engage my brain, not get tired, that's when I'm listening to Trivial Park Podcast. So uh, nice job, Jonathan, and congratulations on your your big time award. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay, Rhett Hall, tell us about the Brain Trust Brothers podcast. All right, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, it's at BT Bros Pod on Twitter, Facebook. Um, basically, it's a uh, a chat show, conversation show where I interview, talk to somebody that I find interesting, and through the conversation, I learn what kind of motivated them to do what they do, and then I also ask them if someone was standing in front of them to. Uh, say, hey, I want to start doing this thing, what would you tell them to do? So it's kind of like an inspirational thing for people who would be creatives, uh, up-and-coming creatives in those fields uh, to kind of uh, get some ins- inspiration from the people that they know and that they can listen to in conversation. And one thing I know about uh, both Rhett and Jonathan, both of you guys are big supporters of uh, new podcasters, podcasters are coming, we're learning and growing in the space, and you guys are really big in that, and I, I love seeing your stuff online. As someone, I mean, I've only done 177 episodes, uh, but it's always fun to see uh, other podcasters supporting other podcasts. It's really important that we do that and we help each other get better. Um, so it's, it's fun. <laughs> Jonathan, you're really laughing over there. What's going on? <laughs> About the newbie with 179 episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only since 2013. That's it. I mean, I so. just recorded episode number 22. So, uh, oh. you know, yeah. but it's okay. Yeah. And you guys are both in Florida. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, we're up in New Hampshire where it's 17 degrees and we're super happy about it. And I hear about near 70 in Florida and I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, <laughs> it sounds terrible. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I spend as little time outside as possible. <laughs> All right. So, hey, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to have a little bit of a trivia game that I wrote this afternoon. And it's, it's, it's only about 10 questions long. Uh, and uh, I even have, I even have, I, I, I have prizes too for the, uh, oh, wow. for the winner. So you guys are playing for a sticker package of Fish Nerds decals. So Woo-hoo. I got to tell you, um, my mother told me that I was a winner growing up. <laughs> Does that mean that I get a sticker? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in your heart. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. My my mom told me you're you're pretty on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Dan and Cody, and uh, on one of their latest episodes, they did a thing where if you go and stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself a champion over and over and over, you'll become a champion. So that's my advice to you: is just keep saying it. You know, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm mm-hmm. a champion. And it'll happen. I, you know, in order to be a champion, I need to start a fantasy fishing podcast. I think that's the only, only <laughs> way I can win. <laughs> not the worst idea. It's, it's not. Who has time for extra podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> One's enough. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth. I'm going um, to do my best to keep score. Should and I'm going to – go ahead. Should we mention your pink headphones? We don't ever want to talk about my pink headphones. We had big uh, technical failure with my. I, I have really masculine headphones. They're 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 skull candy. Oh, They've yeah. got um, camouflage on them and everything, but they don't work. And so at the beginning of this podcast, I had to run out and steal my daughter's pink headphones, which actually work really well. They're JVCs and they're nice and they go well with the headband too. I like them. I know we're looking for little cat ears on them, but uh, it's. I like them. <laughs> I like, I'm confident in my masculinity. I don't need you guys. <laughs> so we're going to do a, um, a movie TV themed fishing trivia game tonight. What I'm going to do is read you a description of the, of the TV show or the movie. Your job, name the movie or TV show, and then bonus points if you can name a director or an actor who starred in it. All right. All right. All right. So each one you get up to two points. Uh, if, uh, the, if, the, if the person who, uh, let's say I asked Jonathan the question, he can't do it. If Rhett can answer it, he can steal his points and still get his question afterwards. Sounds good. Okay. High stakes game. And, and whoever yeah. loses has to subscribe to my Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> At which point they will then get a fifth nerd sticker. <laughs> and then you get a decal. That's right. Everyone but if you but if you give at the two dollar level uh, per episode, you get a fish nerds who rag, which I'm wearing on my head right now. Nice, so, yeah. At the five dollar level, you get hats. So we got Jonathan and Rhett. All right, cool. And uh, I think you guys should do. I'm gonna, I got you guys on video right now, and I think you should do paper, rock, scissors for uh, <laughs> for who can go first. Nice, love yeah. rock, paper, scissors. Whatever. All right. Up here, okay. What are we doing? We get a one, two, three, and then do we throw on the shoot? Uh, yeah, that's fine. All right, <laughs> one, two, three, shoot. Oh, we both did scissors. <laughs> All right, do it again. Ready? One, two, three, shoot. <laughs> we both did paper. <laughs> All right, this we're is try the again. worst idea ever. Right, here we go. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. One. Where's your one? <laughs> Let's try that again. One, two, three, shoot. Oh my gosh, dude! You just need to pick who goes first. We went, we tied three times in a row. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna let Jonathan go first since he's the trivial uh, warfare guy, and uh, since we're gonna be really kind of taking a take off of his show. All then right. we'll let him go first, okay? And you can find we'll, – we'll, of course, I put links for all these shows at fishners.com. All right. So uh, I'm going to read you the description. You ready? All right. I'm ready. A frustrated son tries to, de- to determine the fact from fiction in his dying father's life. A frustrated, a frustrated son, son tries to determine the fact from fiction in his dying father's life. Oh, no. 
a frustrated son. I didn't start easy. No, well, no, and movies are not my. Oh, it could be TV shows too. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a TV show though. Um, dying father's life. There's only there's only. Um, if I gave it a director, would that help? Oh no, director. Well, maybe, but I'm don't, terrible. Don't help him. Yeah, don't help, don't him. help him. No. <laughs> if, I, if I get zero right, I want to earn my zero right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to take a total stab, um, and guess a river runs through it. Uh, it was a really good guess, but it's not yeah. correct. Rhett, do you want to try and steal this one? Yeah, it's a uh, big fish. It is bonus points if you can name the director. I will name Tim Burton and also Billy Crudup. Oh, look at you. Whoa. And also wow. Ewan McGregor and also Helena Bonham Carter <laughs> and Danny DeVito. And <laughs> let, me, let, me ta- let me say something about that movie, though. It takes place in Alabama, uh, which is my home state. And uh, the guy's mo- uh, grandma or his mom, uh, his, gra- his dad meets his mom, and then she goes to Auburn, which I'm an Auburn fan. So it's like... It's like a heart movie for me. So, yeah, that was that was uh, that, that was a softball for me. On, on that too, almost too easy. You know, the only thing about I know about Alabama is I make fun of it about every fifth show. So the, that's fine. That's, the only yeah. thing I know about Big Fish is that they're uh, they had a sequel called Real Big Fish. It was a great ska band back in the day. <laughs> it really was. I, I remember that band well. I've seen them play once. So. Nice job. Now, Rhett, you got that right, but you still get the next question. Okay. All right. A, uh, a, a, um, <clears throat> a documentary following the controversial captivity of a killer whales and its danger for both humans and whales. Whale. Uh, blackfish. Jesus. I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the director, I'm not 100% sure on the director. Um, I have seen it, but I'm not sure. Um, I can say, I think I can say maybe the, the whale's name. From, oh, that'd be impressive. What is his wait, name? wait, wait, wait. Is it? <laughs> I will, you did that. I'll, tra- I'll translate for you and speak and say it in English for you. All uh, right. What is his name? Is it Titicum? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> the name of the whale. It has to be. <laughs> I don't know. Something like I, th- I, it's not Keiko. I know Keiko is is a an orca that was in captivity at some free point. Willy. Yeah, free yeah, Willy. Yeah, yeah, that was. See, now I want to look up the name of the whale because I feel like an idiot all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, because you're not supposed to know that. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, Let's, did I tell you that I ran a, a movie podcast for about twenty episodes before I started doing the interview? Well, if I had known that, I would have done, done a beer quiz. quiz. <laughs> oh, beer! I could have done beer. Oh my god, the story of Tillycum. Tillicum, there you Tillicum. go. Good job, you were mm. close. I was so close. All right, and the director on that, since you guys don't know, uh, is uh, is Gabriella Cowperthwaite. Cowperthwaite. I was going to say that. I know I you were. I don't feel bad about not knowing that one because I don't think anybody else in the world knows that. Oh, her mom. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. Yo, here's your, here's your next question. Uh, in London. Four very different people team up to commit armed robbery, then try to double cross each other for the loot. And this is a fish movie. Well, it's got fish in the title. Oh, hold on! Oh, give me, give, uh, you gave me too much. Well, they all have fish in the title. All these do. Oh yeah, in London, four very different people team up to commit armed robbery, then try to double cross each other for the loot. Do they all have the word fish in the title? Uh, not, not necessarily. Okay. I think this is going to be a fish called Wanda. It is a fish called Wanda. And I'll give you John Cleese and Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Palin. And Good job. <laughs> all right. We're going to give you that, the bonus points on that one. Good work. So Jonathan has two and Rhett has three. And it's Rhett's question now. You ready? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. All right. A former radio DJ, suicidally despondent because of a terrible mistake he made, finds redemption in helping a deranged homeless man who was an unwitting victim of that mistake. Hmm. 
a former radio DJ, suicidally despondent because of a terrible mistake he made, finds redemption in helping a deranged homeless man who is who was an unwitting victim of that mistake. Now, the only disadvantage I have is that I'm younger, I think, than both of you guys. So, hey, there. hey, hey, now, hey. <laughs> Jonathan's 24. Oh, right. he's, oh, so I'm older. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. I, I, I have to mask my insecurities with machismo and t- calling people old. So, um, I honestly have no idea. Um, oh, my goodness. I probably have never seen it. That's probably, I, I don't know. No idea. Um, all right. Again, yeah, you got it. A former radio DJ, suicidally dis- despondent because of a terrible mistake he made, finds redemption in helping a deranged homeless man who was an unwitting victim of that mistake. Okay, so I, I'm I'm guessing straight guesses here. Uh-huh. Uh, at first, the word the the name awakenings came to me, uh-huh. uh, but I, then I landed on something I think called the Fisher King. Yeah. And so I'm going to go with the Fisher King. Yeah, it is a Fisher King, and which is good. Right. Nice job. Yeah. Really? Where'd that come from? Is that and, and so bonus points okay. if you could do the director? Is the Fisher King Robin Williams? That's whose head is in my mind. It is. It is. Yeah. So I got Robin Williams. That's my actor. Yeah, it's your actor, and the director was Terry Gilliam. So, oh, there's the former Monty Python guy. That's right. So nice. good. Just for just for my own sake, what year did that come out? Do you know? Oh, that's the 80s, isn't it? I or, think early 90s. Okay. Yeah, were I, you I, born? I, this, weird completionist, <laughs> this weird completionist thing that I have to know all the information. I'm sorry. Ah, okay. Well, you, you can <laughs> go to – th- these all come from IMDb, so you can go look it up later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Here's one. Rhett, I got one, a hard one for you. You ready? Uh, I think this one's for me, isn't it? Oh, that's Did right. You stole yeah. that one, right? Yeah. All right. There's a hard one for you then, Jonathan. Great. I should have should have just shut my big mouth. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, when a freak hurricane swamps Los Angeles, nature's deadliest killer rules sea, land, and air as a thousand of sharks terrorize the waterlogged populace. When a freak hurricane swamps Los Angeles, nature's deadliest killer rules sea, land, and land air, air as a thousand of sharks terrorize the waterlogged, waterlogged populace. Uh, you know, I can't guess anything other than the masterpiece of recent vintage. I'm going Sharknado. <laughs> it's definitely Sharknado. Yes. I got a Sharknado question right. <laughs> right. Actors and actresses, uh, Tara Reed and Ian Ziering. We'll are give the, it to you. I, Ian Ziering. Eh, whatever. No. It was Ian. <laughs> <laughs> After 90210, he got pretentious. He liked money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You guys are racking the points up. Rhett, you ready for one? I uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Hang on a second. Um, all right. I'm going to give you one you can get. A, uh, <laughs> a jo- <laughs> <laughs> That's so aggressive. I know. So I, unnecessarily. I, I, Is it the pineapple pizza thing that I... I, I brought like this weird karma on me when i I, I keep getting piled on with pictures of pineapple pizza so (laughs) my nemesis a giant great white shark arrives in the shores of a new england beach resort and wreaks havoc with bloody attacks on swimmers until a local sheriff teams up with a marine biologist and an old seafarer to hunt the monster down um god what is that movie oh man are you really you're not no, pretending. It's Jaws. Jaws. Okay, I was gonna <laughs> say. It's got a I'm such a good actor, though. I know. It? Yeah, I was been in that movie. Director. Uh, that is. Is that Spielberg? It no. is. Yeah. Okay. It is good. Good. All right. So the score right now is uh, Rhett five and Jonathan six. Oh, you know man. they uh, about Jaws. They said that the reason you don't see much of the shark. You only see it. You take an hour and a half almost before you actually see the shark, and it's because the models were so bad mm-hmm. yep. that they had to try and hide the thing as long as they <laughs> could to build the suspense to make it look decent at the end. Spielberg what? hated it. It worked. <laughs> it, that movie changed my life. I don't like the ocean. I'm scared of the stupid water. But you live in Florida, right? I know. Tell Jonathan, me, what part of Florida are you in? I'm in Jacksonville. 
Okay, quick trivia for Florida. Which beach in Florida has the most shark capitals in the world? Shark, what's a shark capital? The shark bite capital in the world is in Florida. What oh, beach is it? Uh, it's, it's, on the, uh, it's on our coast. It's um, Daytona Beach? Nope. No. Well, you're close in Daytona. You're close. close. It's close. It's um, Jupiter. Oh, I read this just like last year. I don't remember anymore. Dayton? Uh, no. It's New Smyrna. Okay. Oh, that's right. New Smyrna. New Smyrna. I think it's just south of Daytona or in that region anyway. So that's, yeah. a bo- that's bonus. No points. Bonus trivia right there. When I was growing up in Jacksonville, <laughs> I didn't think we had great whites. And then recently, all, every year there's a news article or uh, the TV will show a great white on shore outside of Atlantic Beach. Be aware. And it's like, holy crap, man. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, you think about it, too. So great whites' primary forage is seals, which primary forage is fish, right? right. And in New, in New England, uh, that fish would be caught. And so cod were almost wiped out, almost extinct. And now the cod numbers are coming back, which means the seal numbers are coming back, which means the great white numbers are coming back. So it's all like this conservation win. This is what good conservation looks like. And so it is really good to see them. And there's a, there's a trick for not getting eaten by great white sharks. Don't go in the water. No, don't yeah. swim where the seals are. Nah. That's the- <laughs> my, my answer has worked for me. Yeah, I'm sure of it. You're strong, and I have not been eaten by a great white yet. <laughs> it always boils down to just don't go in the water. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> All right. Whose turn is it? It's it. Uh, I think it's John. I, the Brett just got jaws, so I think it's mine. <laughs> I think so. All right. <clears throat> oh, this is a good one for uh, the older folk in the room. Uh, meek and mild-mannered bookkeeper, bookkeeper Henry Limpet has a few passions in life. It's mid-1941, it's mid-1941, and he would love to join the Navy, but he has been rated 4F, which he can't join it. His friend George Dickel is in the Navy and lays it on pretty thick. If Henry could have, it, have one thing, it would be to become a fish. While on a visit to Coney Island, Henry fail, falls into the water and miraculously, miraculously gets his wish. What's the movie? Oh man, the Mr. Limpet's in the title. It this is Knots. knots. Yep, yep. And it's either the strange case of Mr. Limpet. I, you know what? I think it's the incredible Mr. Limpet. I'm going to go with the incredible Mr. Limpet. It is. And you named the actor already. So you get the bonus points. So that is I, the incredible Mr. Yeah. Limpet. I loved that movie as a kid. Did you, did you watch it? Oh yeah. I, I watched all the Disney live action Disney stuff. And that was one of those ones where, they put a cartoon inside of a live action movie. That's right. Really liked that. Yeah, and his big trick was he would make noise, noise loud, loud enough, enough to uh, to steer the torpedoes away from the ships and make them crash oh, into the enemies. Right. Yeah. You remember the plot? Oh, I loved it. I, <laughs> I loved it. All right, Rhett, you're up. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay. After his son is captured in the Great Barrier Reef and taken to Sydney. A timid clownfish sets out on a journey to bring him home. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Finding Nemo. Okay. <laughs> director? Oh, man. Director. Ooh. Or give me a main actor. I can, we can live with that. Well, I mean, Ellen DeGeneres, I guess. Right, fair. That's the only one I can think of. I know the, who the dad is, but I cannot think of his name. <laughs> Yeah. Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks, thank you. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Now, um, I've, I've told this story on, the, on this podcast before. I did a whole series of, uh, of um, Mother's Day stories on fishes. But do you guys know what would happen in real life in this story? In real life in this story? Right. So in real life, if a clownfish, clownfish mom, mom got, got eaten by a barracuda, what would happen? Uh, would it poison the barracuda? No. Nope. No. Mm-hmm. The barracuda would have a full belly and be happy. Okay. Yeah. So, so clown, clownfish mate for life, right? So mom and dad, clownfish, stay a couple. Like they, Once they get together, they're going to live in that scene, urchin or enemy forever, right? Okay. Uh, unless something happens to mom, which in this case, mom got eaten by a barracuda, right? Mm-hmm. So clownfish, that clownfish, that male clownfish will never mate with another female again. However clownfish can change sexes and so what would happen is that male clownfish would become a female and then mate with the nearest male who is the nearest male come on don't go there. i'm not kidding oh, no. <laughs> no. 
Oh, I saw where that was going. That's uh, horrible. It's science. Is, is he trying to push their their agendas to the children? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we did an episode of the Fish Nerds podcast last year when Finding Dory came out. And we had Rhett Talbot, who has the Beyond Data podcast on. Um, and we did a show called Finding Dory Disappointing. <laughs> and we just took that apart. So it's, Disney has a bad connection with actual science, and they have an opportunity to use real good science in their movies, and they choose not to. And I hate that. Well, can um, you imagine how that would have gone? That would have been like rated X. <laughs> well, they could have picked a different fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. I clown to you. <laughs> Do I amuse you? I'm curious why they did choose the clownfish, honestly, other than the fact that I guess it. But I guess it has the home, like it, it has its home in the anemone. Like it's kind mm-hmm. of like a, they they can play off of that, I guess, or maybe just to sell toys. I think it's just because, they and, yeah, yeah. Well, fish are cute. Now it's funny that finding Dory character it comes from um, years ago, and they didn't steal it from me, but I feel like they stole it from me. I wrote a story called Basil the Wonderfish. It was a kids' book I was working on, and it was about a fish with a twelve-second memory, and it had a little crab friend who would help help it think about things and be its memory. And I wrote the story. I never did anything with it. And then Finding Nemo came out and ruined my entire – any effort I had in that is, went away because of Dory. That's incredible, though. Yeah. And yeah. You know what happened? Hmm. You let that story get too close to one of those cameras in your house, and the NSA picked it well, up. i got to put tape over this thing. Somebody from <laughs> Disney bought it from the NSA, obviously. Oh, those bastards. Oh man! And the Earth is flat. Here we go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> do I have more questions? Okay, I do have more. Whose turn is it? Uh, Jonathan's. Jonathan's. Let's see. All right. Here, here's one, Jonathan. Uh, Rusty James, an absent-minded street thug, struggles to live up to his legendary older brother's reputation, and longs for the days when gang warfare was going on. Rusty James, an absent-minded street thug, struggles to live up to his legendary older brother's reputation and longs for the days when gang warfare was going on. Okay. Not I, trivial. I, I, total, total guess here? hmm I think there's a movie called Rumblefish. And Boom. it seems that might be about gangsters or mobsters or whatever. So I'm going to say Rumblefish. Nailed it. I have no idea who's in it. I don't know anything about it. All right. Rhett, who directed it? Um, 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 classic um, director, one of the biggest of all time. Uh, close, close. That's Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're in the ballpark, though. No point. <laughs> Are there any okay. actual fish in Rumblefish? Does somebody like pick up a, a frozen tuna and start smashing <laughs> with it? Well, I haven't seen the movie, but I assume that's the main weapon. It would be mackerel, though, not tuna. Can you imagine the video games? <laughs> be the best. It'd be awesome. It's like, I want a swordfish, damn it. <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking like sharks versus jets or something like that. In there, a movie like the sharks versus the jets or something. That's the West Side Story. West Side Story, yeah. I was, <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking I was thinking that, and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got, I've got a few more questions. You guys want some more? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. Um, who, this is it's Red's turn. Yep. Yes. All right. This is these are TV. The next the next few are TV shows. <laughs> uh, I'll narrow it down for you. All right. Uh, watch this show, and you'll immediately wonder how the entire world has not been eaten by this terrifying fish. The host encounters. Watch this show, and you will immediately wonder how the entire world has not been eaten by the terrifying fish that the host encounters. Uh, River Monsters. It is River Monsters. And that's oh, Jeremy, wow. Jeremy Wade. It is Jeremy Wade, my that nemesis. That dude's awesome. I oh, why him. is he your nemesis? Well, because I'm jealous. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on one of the episodes, he went to Lake Champlain. And, do you guys know what a sea lamprey is? Yes. Um, is it a sucking fish? Does yeah, it's like a, it's a parasite. Um, got no bones. It's probably... Four hundred and thirty million years old, evolutionary speaking, and um, in his episode, he had a little tiny one about twelve inches long stick to his neck, and he made a big deal about it. Now, I went on a quest to catch all the fish in New Hampshire and eat them all, 
and I caught one that was about four feet long, and I stuck it on my arm about 25 times to get a good picture, and then I ate it. So he can suck it, his little <laughs> fish. And I did it before him, and I got no credit. <laughs> did you give the DX crotch chug like, suck it? So it was before, we, I did it before he, before he had a show. Oh. I was trying to get recognition, and no one was paying attention, which is why I made a podcast, and still no one's paying attention. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's the, the, the work that goes out to just a few people. So This is the kind of stuff that comes out on my show, so we're kind of yeah. having this nice crossover. Good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> All right. Nice job, Rhett. Jonathan, you're up. All right. All right. Um, <clears throat> this show helps people who have fallen in love online test the authenticity of their lovers' identities. Oh, what is that thing that is called? Um, Manti Teo. <laughs> What's it called? It's uh, bait, bait, not clickbait, shark bait, shark. Um, <laughs> What's it called? He's <laughs> catfish, catfishing. It's called. Cat- it damn is it, called damn it, damn it. Yep. <laughs> nice. All right. Is there a famous person or a host or a director no, on this? I know nothing about that. Neve Shulman. For real? Yeah, that's his Okay. Name. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. So just so you know, we're tied 10-10. Oh. Are we really? Yeah. So here's what we have to do is to break this thing. We need to go into the beer round. Can't be rock, paper, scissors. I'll tell you that right no, now. No, we, we don't have that kind of time. So <laughs> give me two seconds here, and I'm going to pull up a beer quiz. And what I'm going to do, and I'm sure, I, I assume both of you guys are not regular listeners. No. That's just fair. Um, casting dispersions, though, just really busy. All right. I'm going to read you uh, two names of um, – of beers. One of them is a fake. So you tell me which is the fake beer. Are we alternating? Or are we doing it at the same time or what? I'll go back and forth. Okay. 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 And we'll just, I'll just keep track. And Jonathan, no, it's Red's turn, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm, yes. Mm. Okay. <laughs> catfish. catfish was your answer. So. That's right. That's right. Okay. So I'm going to read you two names of a beer. You tell me which one is real. Okay. All right. All right, we have Sculpin or Sea Robin. Sculpin. By the way, they're, they're all fish names. Sculpin. Sculpin is real? Yes. Okay, Sculpin is real. Good. You got it. Sculpin IPA. All right, um, this is for Jonathan. Dogfish head or snakefish? Dogfish is real. Dogfish Dog. head is real. Okay, Rhett. Okay. Cutthroat or bluegill? Uh, cutthroat cutthroat is real good job uh. <laughs> Jonathan dancing trout or swinging salmon I would go dancing trout is real dancing trout is real you guys are still tied <laughs> <laughs> all right um, <laughs> you guys are, we got that. swinging salmon come on <laughs> all right we're moving into drug round Oh. Make it harder. Okay. We got that mosquito blood down here. All right. So um, I'm going to read you three names of uh, three things. One of them is a, is a drug reference, and the other two are real fishing lures. Okay. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I've, I've stacked up quizzes. Don't worry. <laughs> and we're going to, and this is playing, we're playing, we're playing this spelling bee style. So first out loses. Okay. All right. Uh, and Rhett's up here. Okay. Uh, curly tail grub, goofballs, or daredevil? Oh, crap. Goofballs. Goofballs are barbiturate. Nice drug, druggy. Yeah, it. Yeah. Florida, brother. Florida. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. Uh, mogies, sluggos, or Swedish pimples? Mogies, sluggos, or Swedish pimples? A sluggo is a route in football. <laughs> <laughs> Mogi, how do you spell Mogi? M O G G I E S. I can't give you uh, origin. Sorry. No. Can you 
<laughs> yeah, I could use it in a sense. Mogies make me feel good. <laughs> Sluggos make me feel good. Swedish <laughs> pimples make me feel good. <laughs> I'm gonna say that mogies are the real drug. Mm-hmm. Tranquilizer, as you know. Okay, Rhett. You ready? Yes, I can't sir. believe you guys are getting these right. right. <laughs> I can't either, honestly. All right. Uh, Sanko, Deadly Dick, or Red Devils? Sankos, Deadly Dick, or Red Devils? Sankos. Sankos are a bass lure. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Red Devils is the answer on that one. They are barbiturate. Uh, Jonathan, if you get this next one right, you win. Are you ready? Oh, born ready. All right. I'm actually going <laughs> to be like, okay, we have silver spinners, we have fast <laughs> catchers, and we have marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about um, rooster tail, spin or reno or dolphins? Um, I think rooster tail is a drug. I'm sorry. You got that wrong. You guys both lose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's you get nothing. You get you all right, I, Well, I got two more questions. Let's use them up, okay, Rhett? So you're still in the game because you guys both <laughs> right. got that one wrong. All right. Uh, Speedball, beetle, beetle spin, or rattle trap? Speedball. Speedball. A mixture of cocaine and heroin, as you know. Yeah, I knew that. Quite one. delicious. <laughs> yeah, the old days, right there. I got party in <laughs> a ball. All right. Last chance here. You get this wrong, Jonathan. It's game over. I hope one of these choices is eight ball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Power hitter, Flutterfish, or Panther Martin? Oh, (laughs) mother puss bucket. (laughs) Power hitter, Flutterfish, or Panther Martin? I'm going to guess Panther Martin. Ah, Jonathan, you just lost the trivia oh, game. Good job, Rhett. Yes, Man. <laughs> what was my answer? Was it uh, the first one? It was a power hitter, which is a device, often plastic, used to deliver a blast of marijuana to the nice. lungs. Yeah. Wow. You guys nice. crushed it. Brett, you were awesome, man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Good I never job. win anything. I'm I'm very competitive, but I never yeah. won. So so I'll be mailing Rhett, I'll be mailing you some Fishner's decals. decals. Jonathan, $2 a month on Patreon, and you're in. Actually, $4 dollar episode. Are uh, you going to make it down to Florida for PodFest this year? I am not going to make oh. it down. I'm sorry. It, oh, it's, I hear the fishing's good near Orlando, just saying. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've, I've been invited to another conference for my actual job in Orlando, and there's a golf course there. And the fishing at the golf course, I went a couple of years ago, and I used my, fly, my ice fishing rods, like a two-foot rod, to catch okay. carp in the golf course. And oh, all the all the golfers are like, are you allowed to fish out here? I'm like, well, there's no sign saying I can't. So <laughs> it's like, I, I am now. <clears throat> well, it's funny. In New Hampshire, the law is if there's no sign saying no trespassing, then you're implicitly allowed to trespass. Really? Unless, unless it says no trespassing, you're allowed to trespass. It's like begging for it. So, you, yeah, you're automatically allowed. But we're in New Hampshire. And we have a lot of space. In yeah. Florida, you just got to watch out because any any source of water, there might be a gator. So It might be gators in them waters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am going in Georgia in March. I'll be going to Georgia for a different conference, and I might might be looking for some podcast opportunities while I'm down there. But no PodFest for me. Tell us once again, where can we find Trivial Warfare? Yeah, if you're interested in listening to some trivia game show stuff, head over to TrivialWarfare.com. Good. And Rhett, your podcast can be found? Uh, on braintrustbros.com. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or at BT Bros Pod on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, the fun thing about podcast listeners is they know where to find podcasts. Just look for the name and it's easy, yep. uh, which is really great. And one more question for both of you guys. Uh, Jonathan, do you fish? Uh, I have not fished in a very long time. Have you ever been ice fishing? No, no. No. Well, you and your family have an open invitation to come to New Hampshire. And I'm a, I, my winter job is, is ice fishing guiding, is taking people oh. ice fishing. Oh, that's awesome. And I record podcasts on the ice while fishing, and you're invited to come up, and I have more trivia games for you if you ever make it up here. You know, that it, it, I have a uh, four-and-a-half, almost five-year-old son. I think that might be fun for him someday. It's super fun. I'm building a couple of heated ice shanties right now so we can even do overnight trips, which is really fun. Nice. So, Rhett, do you fish? I do. Uh, very occasionally sometimes yeah, yeah. Now, I now i read once read- in florida you could fish without a license as long as you're using a fixed line rod 
which means a cane rod, mm -hmm. but no reel on it. No. Um, and it has to be in your own town or county. Yes. Which means I can't go to Florida and fish without a license, but you can fish in your own county mm -hmm. with a fixed line and do that. And do you do fish? Do you eat, eat the fish you catch? Uh, sometimes we usually give them to people who like them or know what to do mm -hmm. with them um, if we keep them. Yeah. And do you ever go into the frozen north? I want to. I yeah. want to get away from this weather. So, yes, <laughs> I would love to. All right. Well, along with Jonathan, you have an open invitation to come ice fishing, awesome. and I'll even let you drive the snowmobile. Oh, that's a bad idea. It's so fun. Idea. It's so fun. Yeah. All right, guys, any parting words? Uh, great job, man. This was a lot yeah, of fun. It was awesome. Oh, good. I, well, I hope you both think about inviting me onto your shows. I'd love to come on as a contestant on Jonathan's show. And Red, I'd love to come on and try and uh, inspire someone to do something. I don't know what. To go fishing go at fishing. some point. Yeah, go on a quest. Do something good. Awesome. And, All right, thank you, guys. As always, this show is brought to you by you, our listeners. That's you guys over at patreon.com slash fish nerds, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash fish nerds. Uh, it's how our show is funded. It's kind of like a Kickstarter for ongoing projects like this. We're asking listeners who love this show or who enjoy this show or who think it's worth a buck to donate $1 per episode to help keep this show going. So like four bucks a month. It's really nothing on an individual basis, but over the course of a bunch of people, it makes a huge difference. $1 will give you a reward. I'll, I'll mention you on the show. And I'll send you some decals, and I'll keep you in my fishy prayers. If you give at the $2 level, this is a nice one, I'll give you some Fish Nerds decals. I will keep you in our fishy prayers, and I will mail you a Fish Nerds rag just in time for winter to keep your face warm. I am not selling these. You can only get them here at the Fish Nerds Patreon page if you support us. Uh, if you want to support the show at a bigger level, like a sponsorship level, $25 an episode will get you there. Our friend Josh Lopes from LopesTax.com did just that. So he pays us a little bit of money, and we mention his business. He, obviously, is a tax person from Massachusetts. LopesTax.com. If you need a fish nerd who also is a tax guy, uh, <laughs> he's the guy to go to. Plus, he's supporting the show for a long time, and that money helps us buy microphones, get good guests, travel, all the things that good podcasters do. So go to patreon.com slash fishnerds to help us crowdfund the show, or go to fishnerds.com and click on the Patreon link, and you're good as gold. We want to especially thank our newest, brand newest Patreon subscriber, Tyler Cluthier, for his support at the $2 level. He's going to get his Fish Nerds hoorag. He's going to get decals, and we're so happy that he's part of the show. Thank you, uh, Tyler. We really appreciate it. Hey, I need two seafood platters and a fish of the day. A what? A fish of the day! Greetings, fish nerds. We are back with Fish of the Day. I really hope you enjoyed last week's part one of our goldfish carp fish of the day discussion. Uh, as I said before, the doc and I had so many good things to talk about that we realized the segment was going over way too long and we needed to break it down into two parts. So... Sit back, relax, and enjoy the second part of Fish of the Day, Goldfish and Carp. All right, let's go take a couple steps back and go through a brief introduction about the common carp, and then I want to do a little bit of a talk comparing the two. So okay. the common carp is the Cyprinus carpio, and so Cyprinus is literally just Latin for carp, and carpio is the Latinized word for carp. So it's carp carp. <laughs> which I carp, think is kind of funny. So I'm going to go fish for some carp carp. Um, these guys are also native uh, to Asia and also Europe. So the Black, Caspian, uh, Aral Seas, Basins, but they're also introduced throughout the world, North America, Australia, all, oh, all yeah. the crazy places. And interestingly, which I thought, I did not know this, um, but where the... Um, I don't remember which particular species, ooh, which, there's a spot where these guys were wild, and it's like one of the main origin places of the European species of, of, of Cyprinus carpio, but that, yeah. that particular population is now under threat, is threatened. 
So isn't that always the case, you know? Right. Yeah. So they're invasive everywhere. Rainbow else. trout everywhere, but we're fighting for our native rainbow trout range here yep. in the Bay Area. Same thing with the carp, apparently. Yep. Which I always think that's uh, the irony there is not lost on me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the carp, um, unlike the goldfish, well, they're very generalist, so they can survive in a lot of different places, but they. Uh, adults tend to prefer more warmer waters in comparison. Um, deep, slow-flowing, still waters, so that's pretty much the same. Well-vegetated lakes, again, similar to the goldfish. Um, they're really hardy. They're very tolerant of a wide variety of conditions. Um, and they thrive really well in like large, turbid rivers, and they're active at dusk and dawn. So... Um, we mentioned some hybrids, but I don't want to talk too much about that because I'm working on another recording that I will do about hybrid, about all the different kinds of hybrid fish later because <laughs> <laughs> the people have been asking for that a lot. Um, awesome. <laughs> so sorry if that's you guys what, got excited about it. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. I, it's, I can't wait to hear it. I'm, I'm a big old geek about my hybrid sunfish and my carp goldfish hybrids here in the lab. It's, yeah, those are fun. Yeah. But a story for another day. That's right. I know. And I think I've said that for over a year now. So that's my fault. <laughs> Being slow to get anything done. Um, so the carp, they uh, will spawn um, usually May through June-ish. Um, they're going to be up. If they're in a big deep lake, they'll come up to the shallower waters where there's lots of vegetation. Um, my dog and I go kayaking and she likes to jump off my kayak and try to catch them. She has yet to catch one. <laughs> Her little tiny corgi legs are not great for that. <laughs> um, and then carp are very generalist. So adults and juveniles will feed on a variety of benthic organisms and plant material. Okay. So there's the basic introduction. Now I am... <laughs> unfortunately and admittedly not a fisher woman um i i'm more of the nerd that'll put on my mask and snorkel and like hang out with the fish um oh, so yeah. i've had a lot of questions about the best way to angle for carp now when asked about the particular species um there was no particular species given i assumed Probably the common carp, mm-hmm. um, just based on what I have seen, and it is you know a pretty common fish. Um, so I was wondering if you, being more of a fisherman, would have any comments about that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yay! I I have a ton too too much for this segment even, but um, the. The abridged version is about a year and a half ago, um, while fishing for tench, a whole another cool, hard-to-find fish here in the U.S., um, a buddy from England started showing me how to carp fish. And so for about a year and a half, that's been my main focus as far as the number one thing I'm fishing for. I've done a few other things. You know, anybody who follows me on Instagram or anything like that knows I'm always catching some kind of fish. But... My like quest has been to get really good at carp fishing um, because uh, it's one of those where you can throw some corn on a hook and probably get a carp, but the nuances to getting really large trophy carp are just, there, there's so much to it. It's, it's a really big fish in Europe. Uh, it's like their largemouth bass uh, over in Europe. So uh, there's so many different techniques and knots and hooks and rigs and baits out there um but i've been fortunate i i met um a new friend over the last couple months who's from uh he's hungarian and he's a big time carp fisherman he's been fishing like his whole life and uh just mostly for carp and so he's been teaching me a ton of stuff um so and that it's it's gonna bridge well into um an interview segment I'm going to be doing later with this guy who's a U.S. carp fisherman. Um, and that's, that's sort of been my research lately is like how, how do the English and European methods uh, transfer over to the U.S. And, and carp fishing in the U.S. has kind of become this slow building um, 
fisheries, kind of like gar mm-hmm. fishing has become real popular over the last few years as sort of a trophy catch and release thing. Um, I've been doing a lot of research. If someone out there is interested in just let me go learn how to catch carp, I'd say, um, you know, corn's a great way to start, but, but look up hair rigs, look up uh, bolt rigs, method weights. That's enough right there to get anyone interested in carp started. But there's a real, lot of great resources out there. Uh, carp Anglers Group is a great, great one. Um, they're basically a North American fishing club for carp. And I've been learning a ton of stuff with them, but it's, it's amazing because it can be as simple as, like I said, just corn on a hook, but then also they use these baits called boilies, which are like these boiled dough balls that have all these subtle flavor differences to them. And once you really get into it, I mean, you can use certain flavors for the summer versus the fall and the winter and the spring. And it's just, it's been a really fun experience for me because I've really like dove in head first, like full nerd mode into getting all the cool equipment and stuff like that. It's, it's been a blast carp fishing. Very cool. Now, do you eat your carp? I do not eat the carp. Um, most of the populations here in the Bay area, specifically the San Jose area where I've been driving down to do a lot of my fishing. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a lot of high mercury content in our carp, Ah. uh, historically because of the um because of the gold mining here mm-hmm. um so in general i wouldn't eat any of the wild carp because of that uh however most of the practice i've been doing um has been focused on like the trophy fishing so they're all very catch and release they have a really big emphasis on kind of handling the the carp as little as possible and and with as much protective gear as possible so as not to harm the fish. And it's been kind of a fun thing for me to get into and learn. Um, I'm not against eating carp. Uh, I never have. Have you filleted one yourself? I have not filleted properly. Like, let me try and get a chunk of meat out. But we've done, like, flesh samples on some carp when we go electrofishing just for, like, mercury and stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. so I know they're extremely difficult to deal with. They're so bony. The scales are really thick. Mm-hmm. But I, I would be open to like a farmed carp. I know they sell them here in Chinatown and Oakland. And uh, I just never have gotten around to doing it because my wife has zero interest in it. So usually <laughs> when we eat seafood, uh, we're eating some other fish, not carp. Yeah, well, of course, I don't catch my own fish like that. Um, I will go and... I've, if someone else has had it, I will try it because I'm that kind of person. Um, but yeah. we actually got uh, some of the, oh, I don't remember if it was big head or silver, but the jumping carp, not the common carp. Yeah. And we tried to fillet one, or I tried, and I have a really nice fillet knife. Like I am, a, I can capably do it. <laughs> like I've done this before, but those things are so difficult to fillet. Um, what we ended up doing is just doing like a really slow kind of uh, smoking baking thing so that way if any bones were left in the flesh yeah. they would just be gone and um there's some really cool youtube videos uh, on how to fillet bony fishes oh, yeah. like carp but much, much too too skilled for me maybe hugo could do something like that <laughs> <laughs> i i've heard uh big head and silver carp are pretty tasty actually yeah it wasn't bad um i'm i'm gonna make some people upset with this but i thought it tasted better than catfish so <laughs> depending on Watch how you feel tongue, about woman. that, I know. <laughs> so sorry in advance for uh, everybody. That's going to be very upsetting. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, just the carp fishery in general. Um, a lot of what I do at work sometimes, uh, under, you know, under the management of someone else, but you know, we, we've, we've done a lot of carp removal here in some of our lakes and the, and the bass fishermen, uh, have a general, like, real bad opinion of carp. But mm-hmm. as I've gotten into fishing them more and more, obviously I'm hearing, like, the other side of the argument, even from, like, a less from a just um, opinionated angler aspect, but also from, like, you know, informed fisheries guys mm-hmm. uh, that that don't really have that negative opinion of carp. So I've, I've sort of changed a lot of my views on carp or at least been more open to it and, and that and understand that they – 
they can affect different bodies of water in different ways. So uh, a lot of times I get I get told like, oh, why are you releasing those carp? Especially because you're a fisheries guy, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's not it's not everything it's cracked up to be when you hear some of those you know some of those um, rumors about what they do. Not all of it is untrue, and not all of it's true. You know, right. there's always there's always two sides to the coin. And, and I say fun exploring from that. yeah, from what I've read at least, um, there are some negative impacts uh, that carp can have in certain places, but in a lot of other places, especially in the United States, um, they're they're really tolerant to really terrible water conditions that a lot of mm-hmm. our native species are not. So exactly. if we're making our rivers a pile of shit for our native species, are we going to be mad at other species that can really live there? I mean, yeah, who, whose fault is exactly. it? It's not the carp's fault. That's, yeah, that's that's the so, big misnomer is like mm-hmm. it's not that the carp are taking over. It's that the carp are the only ones surviving. You right. Know? And I know the gar used to get a really, really bad rap too, which is one of my favorite fishes, by the way. Really I, th- I think I rap. say that all the time. But, you know, they have a really cool uh, apparatus where they can breathe air so they can survive mm-hmm. in anoxic or low oxygen conditions. And yeah. low oxygen conditions are usually associated with, not always, but sometimes bad rivers. Well, the gar yeah. didn't make the rivers bad. The gar aren't sitting in there and throwing in nitrogens and phosphates and farming the land next door and mm-hmm. throwing all their crap in the river. You know, the gar are just surviving. So, yeah, you know, and so just that just really gets to me when folks are mad at yeah. an animal that no, it's, it's humans. First of all, it's humans fault that they're even here. Let's be honest with that yeah. one. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I, I think that there's a lot of uh, rumors and a lot of things that people say to make ourselves feel better about the situation when that's yeah. maybe not the case. So mm-hmm. <laughs> agreed, agreed. But there's some. So, so I got one super cool, fun fact about these guys. All right. So we've been talking about why they can survive in really low oxygen kind of bad conditions. Right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty well known. Um, both the goldfish and the carp can do this. And one of the reasons this is a study, um, uh, 20, it came out in 2017, but I don't have, I didn't write the month down because I failed, I guess. Um, and it's, <laughs> uh, it's from Scientific Reports. So that's the journal. I will caution the journal Scientific Reports is not something that I would say is always super great as a reference. So take that with the grain of salt. <laughs> Just, I have some other uh, reports I've read from them that leave me with more questions, not in a good way, not in the fun science way. <laughs> like, oh, wow, this got published. Cool. Super great. Um, anyway, so they did, these scientists did... Um, asked the question about kind of molecular pathways and cellular respiration and why carp and goldfish can survive in these anoxic conditions. And it turns out that first of all, um, carp and goldfish are tetraploid tetraploid. So, um, you and I are diploid. We contain two Mm -hmm. sets of homologous chromosomes from mom and dad. Right. Okay. So carp have four, that's more. They basically have an entire genome and then another one. Okay. Wow. What that allows them to do sometimes, um, some of that other extra information can be slightly altered um, through mutations or whatever over evolutionary time. And it gives it kind of more um, opportunities to solve problems, if you will. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so one of the problems that they solved is typically when we, uh, and humans too, undergo cellular respiration in anoxic conditions, our pathways have an end result of lactic acid. Um, if any of, if you or anyone else are, uh, athletes, that's, if you mm-hmm. run, run, run really, really hard, you get lactic acid buildup in your muscles and that's what causes your muscles to cramp up. That's that's the sore muscles. That's right? the sore muscles. And so lactic acid over a really long period of time can be really, really bad for you. 
So not only is it an acid, but it can change the pH in your system. All sorts of things mm -hmm. rely on pH. It's no good. It's not good. So the carp, because of their other set of chromosomes, they can turn on a pathway, and they can. They'll turn it on and off depending on if there's oxygen or not, um, to where instead of producing cell lactic acid through cellular respiration, they produce ethanol. Ethanol can be diffused out of their gills into the water, so they don't hold it in. Wow. Huh. So, so that's why if you have a pond that freezes over or completely freezes over or something like that, where a lot of other fish will die, your goldfish and carp won't. They'll be, they might be really drunk when, you, when it unfreezes, but they will not yeah. be dead. <laughs> so wow, it's ethanol cool. yeah, it's, it's an alcohol. And that's super cool. Um, that is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. It <laughs> that is, is an interesting little fact. I did, had no idea about the, uh, the, the four instead of two on their genome. That's so cool. Yeah, and that's actually uh, so um, polyploidy, which is basically anything more than two of a copy, because mm -hmm. two is normal. In um, vertebrate animals, is is pretty rare. Um, it's very yeah. common in lower organisms, and it's really common in plants. So, um, but yeah, the carp and the goldfish have this um, unique feature that allows them to do some pretty unique things. So, there you go. Very interesting. <laughs> I was pretty wow. excited about that. Now, the paper itself, I can make that available. Um, I wrote, actually, in my notes here. Here we go. From um, Betty, I don't know if that's how you pronounce this person's last name, and others, 2017 Scientific Reports. And here's what I wrote instead of the title. The title, with a ton of molecular abbreviations that I don't fully understand. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go it's, it goes on the edge of molecular yeah. biology where there's proteins and pathways and stuff and that's definitely not my area of expertise i can yeah. i can kind of fumble through it but um yeah. if if anyone's interested yeah. in that i can shoot that in an email and you can also try to fumble through it or maybe you'll do better than me so <laughs> all right well man i who'd have thought we talked for over a half an hour on carp carp and goldfish yep on the on the That's gold right. carp and the carp carp <laughs> yeah the gold carp and the carp carp and uh yeah i i hope i hope this like i said i hope this will uh blend well into a future interview i'll be doing with a, a big time carp fisherman so maybe this who knows this our winter theme on fish nerds may be a lot of carp related stuff yeah well i mean well it might as well be winter because we're gonna have the freeze overs here pretty soon yeah, yeah, and your uh, your location's pretty popular for uh, carp fishing as well. Um, and one of your neighboring states, uh, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. uh, is home to BigCarpTackle.com, which is one of the only places in the U.S. where you can get all the cool European carp fishing stuff. Oh, cool. Um, Without having to pay shipping from, you know, Europe. Which is this super guy expensive. imports it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he imports it all, and then you can get basically standard shipping rates and all the cool stuff that the European carp anglers use. I've, I've purchased a ton of stuff from them. But, yeah, they go out to Kansas all the time to do fishing. They're always posting stuff about it. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe I'll run into him one of these days. Who knows? <laughs> I'll be the one snorkeling without a fishing pole. <laughs> Yeah, hey, snorkeling uh snorkeling's a great a great way to to view fish as well. I'm I'm not a exclusive angler. I love doing it all. I'm actually going to um there's a quarry near my house that supposedly has some pretty big carp and uh me and my Hungarian friend rather than doing our your standard like walk around and scouting because that's a big aspect of carp fishing is before you even get your rod and you know throw it out in the water, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. hey, let's look around and really, really study the lake. But um, we're going to take a different approach and actually snorkel it because it's so clear. Oh, cool. And sort of try and find where the carp hold and where they're moving and stuff like that. So maybe that'll be a, uh, a future Fish Guy Josh video on YouTube here in the future. Who hey, knows? that'd be great. <laughs> well, um, man. All right, doctor. I think... Uh, I think that's uh, where we'll call it a day on carp and goldfish then. All right. That sounds great. And uh, we'll have to do another one soon. Very soon. <laughs> um, 
Well, I'll, now we're both settling in here for the school year season, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to definitely do some more fish of the day in the future. But uh, thanks so much for doing all the research as usual and bringing all these cool fishy facts about our fish of the day, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. See you next time. <laughs> so that's it. You've listened to a whole bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. Big thanks to my family for supporting me while I podcast, go on Fishing Quest, and do all the nerdy things that I like to do. Special thanks to Fish Guy Josh and Doc Martin. You can find them uh, in our Facebook group. That's uh, the Fish Nerds Podcast Group on Facebook. Very active, fun group you should be part of. Huge thanks. Huge, huge, huge thanks to Jonathan Oaks from Trivial Warfare Podcast and Rhett Hall from the Brain Trust Brothers podcast for uh, playing trivia with me and being part of this. Can't wait to uh, to see what everyone thinks of this. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerd, spawn early and often, never trust a free lunch with strings attached, and swim against the current every chance you get. <laughs> <laughs>